Good morning, good people. My name is Nikki, and I'm your host of the Black Girl Budget Podcast. The Black Girl Budget Podcast has an international audience with listeners from South Africa, Canada, and Jamaica, to name a few. Welcome to Season 5, where I'm going to teach you all the tools you'll need to prepare yourself for your 2023 financial goals. With 45,000 downloads on the podcast, the Black Girl Budget community is growing, and I am glad you're here. So, let's chat. Today, once again, I am just drinking water. I need to work on this mocktail situation. Like, I really want us to get some mocktail recipes. I'm kind of obsessed with how cute they look, but I don't know. We need to split some recipes at some point with each other. So if you guys have any mocktail recipes, please send them to me. I am excited to try some new stuff. Um, Now, if you haven't heard, U.S. District Court Judge Mark T. Pittman down in Texas actually struck down the student loan relief program, and Judge Pittman called the program unlawful and a complete usurpation of congressional authority by the executive branch. Now, Judge Pittman rejected Biden's argument that the HEROES Act gives the president the power to cancel student loan debt in a time of national emergencies, i.e. COVID. So the Biden administration has already filed an appeal, but remember the appeals process can take a long time. It can take weeks, months, depending on if this is going to be a fast track case or not. So we don't know if the appellate court, the Fifth Circuit appellate court, is going to overturn Judge Pittman's decision. And then we don't know if this case is going to end up before the U.S. Supreme Court. We're really just kind of winging it right now. So the administration has kind of, you know, stopped, not kind of, but they stopped accepting applications for student loan relief at at this time. So I know if you're in the Black Girl Budget community, you've already submitted your application and you're good to go. If you did miss the window to submit your application, please uh, sign up for the newsletter that they have. They will send you updates to let you know when applications are being received yet again. Now, right now, borrowers are kind of in limbo. Like we know student loans are going to start back up in January, but that could possibly change given that there are extenuating circumstances. So remember, President Biden did say, hey, I'm not extending student loan uh, payments anymore. Like the pauses are done. We're starting back up in January. At the time he made that statement, there also wasn't a ruling that the student loan forgiveness program was unconstitutional. And so what we have to remember is even if you qualify for the $10,000 in student loan forgiveness, if you had less than the $10,000 in student loans, that forgiveness would have wiped out all of your debt. So let's say you had $9,000 in student loan, you were eligible for up to $10,000 you would have had your $9,000 student loan debt completely wiped out. So starting January, you would not have had to make any payments. Same thing for uh, anyone who may have had a Pell Grant. If you had $15,000 in student loan debt, you were eligible for up to $20,000, that would have wiped out all your student loan debt and you also would not have made a payment in January. So the question that the Biden administration is going to have to ask themselves is, even though we said there would be no more pause extensions, if we start payments back up in January for all the people who whose debt would have been canceled, they start making payments again. If the court, if uh, the fifth DCA or the Supreme Court rules and says that this program is constitutional, do we pay all those people back and forgive their student loans simultaneously? What's going to be the easiest way for us to handle that? So when I asked this question on Instagram, I did get someone who's like, uh you know there's there's no uh, pause extension right now which i agree there is no pause extension right now on the books but because circumstances have changed you never know if the biden administration is going to change their approach because this is also going to affect how people pay out their student loans starting in january and whether or not 
the administration will have to pay back those people for the payments they make in January. So it's a whole situation. The appellate process can take a really long time. And as a lawyer, I can tell you that it does take a really long time. So just be on the lookout for updates and we'll definitely keep you all posted on Black Girl Budget. Now, don't forget the Black Girl Budget podcast is now on Black Girl Budget YouTube channel. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are trying to hit 200 subscribers by the end of November. So subscribe and then tell a friend to subscribe and you guys can watch the podcast on our YouTube channel now. Um, it's already getting views. So make sure that you guys are watching through those videos because I definitely want to bring you more content. And if you let me know that you're enjoying videos on YouTube, then I will continue to put them on YouTube. Now, I recently got this question while I was speaking on a panel, and a couple of people have also DM'd this question to me as well, asking the same thing. So one message that I got said, uh, quote, I have a high paying job I'm starting next year, but I feel like I don't know what to do. I don't know how to figure out how much money I should be saving, how much money I should be spending, and the amount of rent I can afford, and so forth. So I've gotten similar questions questions to this from a few other people as well as from the panel that I was on and a lot of people just want to know like where do I start and this is a really good question because the answer can be tricky I always tell people to start with their emergency fund but this question is really asking where do I start before I even get to my emergency fund so today we are going to walk through where you should start whether you are just starting out with a new job just starting to budget or if you need help with creating a strategy this episode is for you and it's really for anyone who plans to create financial goals for 2023 which is everyone listening to season five of the podcast so Let's just jump right into it. The first thing we need to start with is your income. Now, there are two different ways that you could look at your income, but you have to remember that the amount of money you make is very important. This is going to be a direct connection to what you can save, invest, use to pay off debt with, and to enjoy, because we do want to enjoy the money that we are working to earn. So there are two different ways you can look at your income. The first way is you have your annual income. Maybe you make $60,000 a year or $120,000 a year. If you're not a salaried employee, maybe you make $12 to $20 an hour. That is your gross income. It's the money you make before any taxes or anything like that comes out. Before you receive your paycheck, though, taxes and deductions are going to be taken out. So this is going to include federal and state taxes, Social Security, employer-provided health care, pre-tax investments, etc. And what's deducted from your paycheck is really going to depend on where you live, the benefits provided by your employer, and the pre-tax investments that you've selected. So we're going to focus on the amount of money that hits your bank account after you get paid because that's what you have to work with this is your net income so every friday or thursday you wake up there's money in your account that's your net income it's after taxes and it's after deductions now once you have your net income figured out the first thing we want to talk about are your expenses so get a sheet of paper out for this one and let's just go through this right now you're listening to the podcast so you have some free time to do this right now you know there are a certain amount of things that you cannot live without. So for example, rent and mortgage, groceries, transportation to and from work if you're not working remotely, and any other related expenses like gas and insurance. Um, maybe your home Wi-Fi and your cell phone are really important because you need that to work. And then of course, all of your health expenses and medication are going to be absolute must-haves. So write all of those down. If you have your budget blueprint, you can type them into your budget blueprint. If you don't have the budget blueprint, you can still grab one from the Black Girl Budget website. And remember, 
as you enter in numbers into your budget blueprint it's going to do all the calculations for you but the budget blueprint is really there for you to be organized and to see all of your expenses out and to keep a couple months worth of budgets together so you can review them to create new budgets now we're starting off with all the necessities, things that you cannot live without, right? So let's check out your housing costs first because this is going to be the first place where people mess up. We tend to buy way too much house or rent way too much house. And really what we have to keep in mind is that our housing should not be more than 50% of our net income. And I'm being a little generous on this one, but let's just go with it. Now, when I say your housing, I'm talking about every single thing related to your housing rent slash mortgage, HOA fees, parking, utilities, etc. 50% of your income is a significant portion of the money you make. So the more you spend on housing, the less money you have to save, invest, pay off debt and enjoy. Now, when it comes to the specific cost of rent or mortgage itself, and when I say mortgage, I'm including insurance, taxes, principal and interest. And when I say insurance, mortgage insurance as well as homeowners insurance because those are two totally different things and then of course renters insurance if you are renting so this specific cost for just the rent or the mortgage should be no more than 30 percent of your gross income now remember gross income is before taxes and deductions and i remember this by saying it is absolutely gross how much money we make before uncle sam gets his cut right so let's say your monthly gross income is $5,000 and we'll just take out 30% of $5,000 to represent your rent or your mortgage. That's $1,500. Whether it's rent or mortgage, it should not be more than $1,500. So let's say your net income is $3,500. Now this is the money you make after taxes and deductions. Subtract your housing costs of $1,500 from $3,500 and that leaves you with $2,000 left to pay the rest of your expenses, to save money, to invest money, and to pay off your debt and to enjoy your money. Now, remember I said, your housing all together, everything should not be more than 50% of your, in, of your net income. So in this example, your net income is $3,500 and 50% of that is $1,750. So your rent slash mortgage, HOA fees, parking, utilities, security cameras, all that stuff should not be more than $1,750. Now, these numbers are hypothetical, so just remember you can do the math the same way to get these numbers for your specific income and your specific budget, but don't look at these numbers and be like, okay, those are my exact numbers because yours are obviously going to be a little different. Now, if you realize that you are spending more than 50% of your net income on housing, then you need to reevaluate your housing. Can you negotiate your rent with your landlord? Can you refinance the mortgage on your home? Can you reduce the cost of utilities? This is where you're going to want to start in your budget because once you realize, oh, I'm spending way too much money on my housing costs, from there, how can I reduce those costs? Now, you may be someone who's like, I'm spending 75% of my income on housing. You might actually need to find a new place to stay right <laughs> like, you might just be overspent like maybe the condo that you have is just too much money for you to rent out or maybe the home you're renting is just the price has gone up or maybe it's time for you to refinance your mortgage so these are all things that you need to take into consideration when we're talking about how much can i afford to to pay for housing and when you're reducing how am i going to go about reducing those costs now once you have all of your necessities written down in your budget you need to figure out how much money you should spend on yourself every single month. This is a tough question. And I know people are like, how do I figure this out? 
There are a few ways to figure this out. You could start by saying, I want to spend blank amount of money on myself every single month. This doesn't typically work though, because we tend to want to spend more money than uh, we want to send to our financial goals. So another approach is to really figure out how much money can you spend on yourself without being greedy or restrictive. On average, let's say maybe you go out to eat once or twice a week. You do some kind of friend or family activity. And then for the rest of the week, you're just hanging out with friends and family. Now I'm saying a week, that's seven days. Don't forget, you gotta go to work. You might have some meetings to go to. Uh, you might have appointments. If you've got kids, you definitely gotta go to their football games, etc., etc. So don't forget that you're doing other things throughout the week, which is why these numbers might shock some people because they forget that. So if you're going out a couple of times a week, maybe every time you go out, you spend about $50 on eating out. Maybe when you hang out with friends, you spend another $50. So $150 a week could work for you. So $150 a week really adds up to spending $600 a month on yourself. That might actually work if you make that amount of money to do that. Now, my favorite approach is to be more goal-oriented. And y'all already knew I was going to say that. So we start with our goals and work our way backwards. If we write down all of our necessary expenses, let's say there's $1,000 left over every single month. So we write all of our expenses, we write our income down, we have $1,000 left over every single month. Don't worry, I'm gonna go with the lower number for an example as well. So you have $1,000 left over, what are you going to do with it? Maybe you need to start putting money away in your emergency fund. And let's say you wanna have $3,000 in your emergency fund. Then we need to start with that goal first. So if you spend $600 on yourself, like our last example, you will send the other $400 toward your emergency fund. It's going to take you eight months to save $3,000. Not bad, that's actually pretty good. Now you might wanna hit your goal faster by sending $500 toward your emergency fund and spending $500 on yourself. Now you'll get to that $3,000 in six months instead of eight months. And you don't get to spend $600, but you still get to spend $500 on yourself. That's not bad, that's a pretty reasonable amount of money. And remember, you're working throughout the week, you're trying to get sleep, you're resting, relaxing, like $500 is a good amount of money to spend on yourself. So you always wanna to center your budget around your goals. And this is something I talk about in the How to Budget course, which is available on the Black Girl Budget website. It's an on-demand course that you can download and watch on your laptop or cell phone from anywhere and at any time and as many times as you want. Another thing I talk about in the How to Budget course is the specific line items that should be in your budget and what's all included in each category. So for example, a lot of times we don't include every single thing in all of our categories. For example, housing. Sometimes we might say, oh, my housing is just my rent or just my mortgage, but we have to pay for our parking garage or our parking spot. We also have to pay for utilities. We might have to pay for HOA fees. Things like that are also gonna be included in your housing. So if you are unfamiliar with where to start or what ought to include in your budget, grab the How to Budget course today. You can get it from the Black Girl Budget website at blackgirlbudget.com and get started on your budget today. So we'll go with spending $500 a month on ourselves. Now that includes eating out, shopping, our wants, etc. The question is, what are your goals? And this is how you're going to find your starting point. So we figured out our housing, we figured out how much we wanna spend on ourselves. Now we wanna start with our emergency fund. So all the expenses we wrote out earlier, 
How much do they total? Your housing, groceries, transportation, your cell phone, healthcare, spending money, etc. How much does all of that total? So for this example, let's say your monthly expenses total $3,000 for everything. So for your emergency fund, you want to have between three and six months worth of expenses, which would be $9,000 to $8,000 respectively. And we're going to get there one step at a time. When we look at those big numbers like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to have $9,000 to $18,000 in my emergency fund, it can be really intimidating. And so we want to take it one step at a time. So let's break the goal down. First, we're going to start by saving $500. We save $500 in one month. Boom. We're good to go. Then we're going to set our goal to save $1,000. We save $1,000. Okay, now we're cooking with grease. Then one month's worth of expenses and then two months' worth of expenses and so on. So you always want to start small and work your way up and it's going to get easier over time. Now, if you put away $500 a month, it will take you six months to save $3,000. If you make your emergency fund your target practice, it will take you a year and a half to save $9,000. 18 months, $9,000, not bad. And target practice is what I call your main goal. You focus on that goal like it's a target and every month you send money toward that goal like you're practicing to be disciplined and you're practicing to tackle bigger goals down the road. So that's what target practice is. Now, $500 is a lot of money to send toward your emergency fund. So you might only do this for the first six months until you save $3,000, that's one month's worth of expenses, then you might reduce how much you put into your emergency fund to $250. Now you freed up $250 in your budget. So I always get this question, we're gonna circle back. I always get this question, what if I don't have a lot of money left over after my bills and expenses? Okay, let's say you only have $100 left over every month after all of your bills and all of your expenses are paid. The first thing you want to do is review your housing costs like we discussed earlier and then you want to review your expenses as well which expenses can you reduce or cut for the next few months in order to free up more money in the budget you may also find ways to increase your income by either negotiating your salary or consider a side hustle or part-time job now of course not all of us are in a position to negotiate our salaries because maybe we don't have salaries um, but also side hustles and part-time jobs take up a lot of time from ourselves. So we want to be very mindful of that as well. So we really have to balance how do I want to approach this? Do I cut some expenses? Do I negotiate my salary? Or do I find a part-time job or some kind of side hustle? But let's go with the leftover $100. You really need to have money saved up in that emergency fund because you don't have a lot of discretionary income in this particular example. So for 10 months, you're going to save $100 in your emergency fund and you'll have $1,000 saved in 10 months. Not bad. Now, during those months, you may find yourself going to a lot of free events or inexpensive events or outings to go to with friends and family while you are saving this money. So it may be a little challenging, but the goal is to really set you up with that emergency fund so you can breathe a little bit and create some peace in your finances, which is really important. I run into a lot of people who are so stressed and anxious about their finances because one flat tire could send them into a spiral. So it's really important that we start to build up those emergency funds. Now, for a lot of people, $1,000 cannot cover their rent or mortgage by itself. 
for a month. So you want to at least make sure that you have enough money in your emergency fund to cover your rent and mortgage, groceries, and then any bills that will affect your credit score if you don't pay them i.e. your car note. So you want to make sure you have at least one month's worth of expenses that has your rent or mortgage, your groceries, and then maybe your car note because that's like your survival mode, right? So you may need to save $2,000 to include all of that. And then that might take you about a year and a half if you're doing $100 a month. Now, once you hit that $2,000, you can divert that money towards something else. Like maybe you want to focus on your debts, which is what I recommend next. Now, there are a lot of different kinds of debts out there. So where do we start when it comes to our debts? In either situation, whether you have $100 left over or $1,000 left over, start with your high interest debts. Those are typically going to be credit cards with interest rates in the double digits. And for some people, those interest rates are going to be in the 20%. So start with your smallest debt, right? Smallest debt, doesn't have the highest interest, we can start there. You may even start with the smallest debt, but it has a lower interest, that's okay. We wanna start with our smallest debt. Let's say it's $500 or $1,500. Start sending your leftover money toward that smallest debt until it's paid off. And then you're gonna move on to the next smallest debt. Keep doing this until your high interest debts are all paid off. This is called the snowball method. Now, after you pay off all your high interest debts, you might consider opening a IRA, which is an individual retirement account, or you might consider diverting more money toward your 401k your employer-sponsored account. Now, from here, we get into the it depends area because everyone's finances are so different. So, we figured out how much we can afford to pay for rent and mortgage. We've also figured out how much we can afford to spend on ourselves. And we've also figured out how much we should be saving toward our emergency fund, how to start our debt elimination process, and when to move on to investing. Now, the holidays are getting really close, and I know we're going to be busy, but as we move into 2023, I want you to use today's episode to review your finances and to set goals. If you specifically need help, if you're like, I heard everything you said, but I actually really do need some help on my specific numbers, you can always schedule a budget review with me. You can schedule a budget review and consultation, or you could just schedule a regular consultation. If you don't have a budget, I will create one for you. If you need help with your debt elimination process, I will help you do that as well. So go to Black Girl Budget website, make sure that you schedule your consultation and we can get you started. So as we move into the new year, you're already set and good to go. Now, setting goals for the new year. Here's what you need to take away from today's episode review your housing costs. I cannot stress this enough. There are so many people who are spending way too much money on their housing costs. You're either trying to keep up with the Joneses or you simply don't know any better. So you're like, this is a nice apartment. This is a nice home. I can afford it. So I'm going to get it. And yeah, you might be able to send $2,000 toward your rent every month, but you may only be leaving yourself with a small amount of money to live off of and to save and invest and pay off debt. So you really want to review your housing costs. If you come to the conclusion that you are overspending on housing, make it a goal to decrease your housing costs and increase your income. This is going to look different for everyone, but make sure that you are at least setting a goal to do this. So you might even say, I want to decrease my housing costs by refinancing if that is a thing that you can do and get a lower interest rate. You may say it's time for me to negotiate my salary, so let me talk to my boss and my goal is to increase it by XYZ amount, right? So set those goals for housing costs. Make sure that you review your spending. If you realize that you are overspending on yourself and it's affecting the amount of money that you can send toward financial goals, 
then cut back. Make a goal to only spend a specific amount of money on yourself every month. Personally, three dollars to $500 is not bad depending on how much money you make, how often you go out, and what you actually want to purchase. So set a goal to spend a specific amount of money on yourself and then send all the rest of that money toward your financial goals. Also, review your emergency fund. Ask yourself, have you reached one month's worth of expenses? Have you reached three months worth? Do you need to get back to putting away money in your emergency fund? Make a goal to reach two months worth of expenses by June 2023. Or make a goal to hit four months, wherever you are. Set a goal for your emergency fund so that way you can start diverting that money towards something else when you're in a good place with your emergency fund. Last but not least, review your debt elimination. How many debts do you have? Which debt should you use as target practice first? Make a goal to pay off two debts in 2023 if you can afford it. Make a goal to pay off a specific debt in 2023. Make a goal to not create any more debts in 2023. This is how you're going to start creating those financial goals in 2023. And this is how you're going to create a starting point for yourself. So if you're starting a new job next year and it's high paying, go through this process. Housing, what can you afford to spend on yourself? How much are you sending toward your other financial goals? The debt elimination process, and then we want to look at investing. This is pretty much a consistent formula that a lot of people use. So make sure that you start with housing. It's going to be a big one. Look at expenses as well. Reduce those. Cut those that you don't need or that are taking away a lot more from you than is necessary. So use these. Revisit this episode as we get closer to the end of the year so you can start to create those goals. If you haven't already started creating goals, this is a perfect time for you to do it. We're going into the holidays and you've got some extra time with holidays and days off and things like that. So if you have good news you want to share with the Black Girl Budget community, you can send it to me in a DM on Instagram or you can email it to me at info at blackgirlbudget.com. And if you have questions you want to be answered on the podcast, you can send them in a DM or you can email them to me as well. I really love that you all send me questions on Instagram. Um, I know that sometimes you all post questions on TikTok as well. If you all want to keep doing that, let me know and I will answer them on the podcast. I think they're very helpful. And it's really good to understand that you're not the only person with that question. And then I love providing you guys with solutions and different ways to answer each question. So subscribe to the Black Girl Budget YouTube channel and the podcast. Let's hit 200 subscribers this month and I will see you all next week.